Welcome back to another episode of the Workforce Excellence Show. I'm thrilled to be speaking with John Lafferty from Northridge Quality and Validation and my colleague, Roshin McBride. Thank you both for joining me today. Hi, Chris. You're welcome, Chris. Um, so we're talking about quality risk management uh, and the roles that both workforce excellence and validation can play um, in reducing quality related risks. So uh, first of all, John, perhaps you could uh, tell us a little bit about quality risk management uh, and uh, the work that Northridge Quality and Validation do in this area. Yeah, so quality risk management is all about um, protecting the quality of the product or the service that you provide. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the risks to your product or service really uh, come in a, a number of areas. Um, and you need to make sure that um, those do, risks don't arise and affect the, the quality of your product. Or in some cases, if you're working with a critical product, it could end up with uh, harm to, to humans. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are a number of regulations for certain industries, like for instance, medical device, the pharma industry, food industry, etc., uh, that require you to carry out quality risk management to make sure that uh, human beings are protected. Uh, and of course, in the business perspective, we want to make sure that the quality of the product is, uh, is protected at all times or the service, sure. if it's a service that you're providing. Sure. At um, Northridge Quality and Validation then, uh, we provide companies with um, yeah, assistance in implementing the uh, processes and procedures necessary to identify and eliminate those risks as far as possible. Sure. We also deliver um, training courses to our training partner, SQT Training, in all of these areas. Okay, okay. And I guess, so So, what are some of those quality-related risks that you talk about? Yeah, so some of those the quality-related risks really can be divided into four different areas, Chris. Uh, and these really relate to uh, your suppliers, uh, they relate to the uh, processes, and uh, they relate to things like software as well. So all of these can, as we know, people are, are prone to, to errors. Um, software uh, could be prone to errors unless it's, it's properly uh, validated, etc. And of course, the same is true as our process, uh, process etc. So they'd be the four main areas in where those risks could occur. Okay, great. So, great. so I... Oh, sorry, sorry yeah, Rushing, I know you had <laughs> yeah. jump in. I know you had some questions earlier about yeah. uh, about that. Can you yeah go for it? Yeah, um, I'm just wondering now, how do companies go about minimising risks from these four sources, then, John? Yeah, so uh, in order to minimise risks, essentially companies have a, a systematic approach to this rushing, and um, it's uh, it's important that they put in a system. Uh, a risk management system or a quality management system uh, to make sure that they can consistently identify potential errors and, and deficiencies uh, that can lead to problems and then that they eliminate those problems before they get to the customer. Okay, and um, you mentioned about having a well-trained and competent workforce as well. So how do successful companies achieve this? Yeah, so uh, yeah, one of those big four areas is in human errors. So we're all prone to, uh, to error. Um, and having a systematic approach, just like you have to your, your suppliers, your equipment, your software, having a systematic approach to uh, the elimination of human error is important as well. Um, and what key to this is having a well-trained, motivated workforce. Uh, and some of the, what I've seen companies doing is uh, using 
workforce excellence policies in order to make sure that that happens on a systematic basis. Hey, John, when you when you um, when you use the term validation, uh, perhaps could you you know share a little with our audience um, what validation actually means, and and certainly the importance uh, in particular to the to validation of software. Yeah, yeah, very good question, Chris. So, um, it, validation is all about making sure that, as they say in the ads for some well-known products, that it does exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. Um, and this would be in 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 relation to your processes, your equipment, and your software as well, as you just pointed out. Uh, and it's ensuring that the system, number one, is designed to do what it purports to do, uh, and making sure that it's challenged and tested to uh, ensure that it there are no errors in there, and that it does, it does what it says to do, and you have procedures in place uh, for these. Sure, does that, um, does that legal requirement for validation apply to, to off-the-shelf software as well? Yeah, yeah. So as you point out there, there uh, it's a legal requirement if you're in the life sciences industry, so the pharmaceutical and medical device uh, industries, it's a legal requirement in the laws in Europe, the US and various countries around the world, such as Japan, Australia, etc., um, that you must uh, conduct validation of processes and software. Um, so that's a, that's a legal requirement, and it applies to software that companies have written for them, where they go out and get a, a software uh, house to, to do, uh, develop software for them, or where they develop it in-house, or, as you mentioned there, where they purchase off-the-shelf branded software, uh, it's still a requirement that it be validated. Now, software supplier can do a lot in that, um, but the responsibility lies with the user of the software to make sure that that validation is done, whoever does the uh, does the software does the sure. validation. Yeah, okay. So, um, just to clarify what you were saying there, John, does that mean that companies and just say the life sciences industry that are using software that's not validated can find themselves in trouble with regulators? Well, I'm afraid, uh, uh, rushing that that is the case. Yeah, that is the case. So, uh, there. Regulators in, for instance, the medical device industry have been taking a sort of a softly, softly approach on this up to now. But in 2016, the um, quality management system uh, was updated, standard was updated. So that standard is 13485. And it strengthened the requirements for software validation. So since that period now, uh, the um, regulators in the medical device industry have been increasing their auditing of software validation and where it may not have been a problem in the past uh, certainly if you're using unvalidated software to perform a regulated activity now it's important to emphasize that if it's not a regulated activity under the medical device or pharma regulations then it's not a requirement to validate it so your financial software etc and um, you wouldn't need to validate that. But something like if you're using it for training, if you're using it for your records, your quality records for testing, uh, all of those sort of things, uh, it's the law that it's required to be validated if you're manufacturing a medical device or manufacturing a pharmaceutical. Okay, okay. So just to bring the discussion right up to date and kind of in relation to what's going on now with COVID-19, um, how do you see things changing because of that and how companies can adapt? 
Yeah, well, I suppose if I could see the future, I mightn't be in this job. I would be president of Ireland or something <laughs> like that, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good question, and there are uh, straws in the wind. Of course, uh, I'm talking to you from my office at home now, where I, I, I produce the training courses. I deliver these training courses to people all over the world from uh, the office in my house now. Whereas before March. I got in my car and I drove to an airport or I drove to a location in Ireland and I delivered the, the training that way. So very much more, I would say, remote working is going to be an option that employers and employees are going to be looking to exercise. So that's going to mean more software, more software to connect with us, uh, more software for people to collaborate, etc. And it will be very important that uh, people remain engaged when they're uh, remote, that may be physically remote, but not hopefully uh, disengaged as remote may, may, may suggest. Uh, and there'll be a need for uh, that that software is validated. Once again, if it falls on the side of the line where it's implementing a, a, something that's required by these regulations. Mm-hmm. Something that I've been asking on every single one of these that I do, and it's, uh, and it's called, what's in it for the employee? Do you ever get any feedback, say, from employees, say, out on the factory floor when it comes to, to what you do in your business? Do you ever find anything back from there or is it just simply a management thing? Yeah, well, no, it, it affects every every employee uh, in, the, um, uh, in, in an organisation. So keeping up to date with their training and skills is very important to people. Uh, nobody likes to be the person at an audit where it was found that they're uh, their training, their particular training record wasn't wasn't up to date, or the job they were doing on a production line wasn't really in in compliance with the procedure, or something sure. like that. So, um, uh, people uh, will benefit from it by knowing that um, they are um, their records are up to date for themselves, and that they have the most up to date. The procedures when they're working their most up-to-date forms when they're working the worst thing people find is they've started a job and they find actually the uh, the form you were using was updated last week but because you didn't have the technology uh, and the training uh, on that you were using the, the, the previous form so now you've got to start all over again you know so um, that's what would be in it for people and having more consistent systems, procedures, etc., to work with, it makes employees feel uh, you know, sure. more confident in what they're doing. Sure, there could be a, could there be an employee engagement angle there in that, you know, they, there's confidence in, in the systems, I guess, in a way. Mm. Yeah, well, the smart employers, you know, for years now have been working on this, how to keep employers engaged. I remember when I was in college in Galway many, many years ago, uh, and we did quality management um, we had one of the, the father of Irish uh, quality control, as it was called then, John G. Roach, was, uh, was our, our lecturer. And yeah. I remember one thing, maybe only one thing he said, but one thing he said is that Japanese companies, and the Japanese uh, quality revolution was in place at the time, you know. So it's right. taken up until now for people, you know, 50 years for the West to recover from how the Japanese invaded the markets through right. good quality. Uh, and one of the things he said was that uh, Japanese companies realized that true knowledge lay in their heads, not just of management and engineers, but of every employee in the company. Right. And that was one of the key things that the Japanese did. They involved everybody in the company. They harnessed everybody's brain in the company to work for, uh, towards the quality of the product or the quality of the service that they were providing 
and that was hugely successful. Okay. Yeah, I think that that sums it up well, doesn't it? That yeah. watching it for the employee. Yeah, definitely. Listen, okay. thank, listen, thanks very much, John. Really appreciate thanks, your John. time. No uh, problem. Nice to meet you, Roshin. You Take too. Care, Chris. And all the best. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.